And now, the time that the Track Stars universe and fight fans across the globe have been waiting for. It's time for the MMA main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. The new play-by-play guy, Brendan Fitzgerald, really did his homework for UFC 123. Did a great, great job. I mean, had intimate knowledge of fights, was quoting the outcome of fights that took place years before. I was like, man, this guy, he he knows his stuff. He's pretty good. And he and Paul Feld have a good uh, working relationship and and a decent chemistry as they work together on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. Now, I named one of my children after Uriah Faber. So, you know that when your man of voice was watching the Tuesday Night Contender Series, he was watching the Snoop cast. Had to see my man, the California kid. Had to hear his input. Grew up listening to Snoop. So, that's what I was listening to. Or I should say, that's the version of the Contender Series that I was watching. And I did tune in from time to time I should say I heard a lot of good things about Paul Felder and his uh, skills so I would switch over from time to time to hear his commentary but it it was all about the Snoopcast so I did not really get to hear them together but they make a very good team and the UFC is definitely in need of talent with all the fights that they've got going on Speaking of fights, not necessarily sanctioned fights, but the little scuffle that Verdum got into with Kobe Covington down in Australia last month uh, seems to be coming to some kind of conclusion. Well, at least in the sense that Verdum was fined 600 Australian dollars for hitting Covington with the boomerang, which is about $460.00. Not bad for getting off a little aggression, especially if you have as much money as Fabricio Verdun does. Now, the Bellum Brazil Fight Night card has finally gotten a headliner. It was broken today by MMAToday.com. Fresh off his win in Fresno, California, the former Alabama linebacker your boy Eric Anders gets his first main event and who does it come against Lyoto the dragon Machida that's right Lyoto Machida will be headlining that with Eric Anders this is a great great step up and a great platform for Anders who has been fighting very well been undefeated in the UFC really been doing well so I'm glad to see him getting a bit of a bump from his performance last week now Bellum has its headliner but there's still no main event for the St. Louis card no no main event for the fight card in my home city but that's alright 
because we will have the Nigerian nightmare, Kamaru Usman. Yes, he's fighting Emil Mech. And, oh man, I cannot wait. Ever since that fight was first made, whoo, a while ago, I was looking forward to it because Mech, Mech brings it. And I've been keeping up with his career since he was fighting over Inventor about a year or so back. Uh, he, he is no joke. Came into the UFC with his, uh, <laughs> with his Viking axe and chopped up his first opponent. So I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, of course, you know, your man, the voice is a Nigerian by birth, not, uh, you know, not born in Nigeria here in the States, uh, St. Louis native, uh, lifelong, but my great grandmother was full blooded Scandinavian. So I've got both sides fighting and I don't know who wins, but I win because it's going to be a great fight. Okay. Did anyone see Chael Sonnen at the Bellator presser this week to promote the card in LA? Card where he's not headlining, but he will be kicking off the Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix against Rampage Jackson. When they were standing there beside each other, facing off, Chael didn't look that small and we know that rampage has been carrying a lot of extra weight his last fight when he fought king mo salute to that man king mo niger stand up that's right gotta salute my nigerian brethren anyway when he fought king mo he came in around 253 pounds somewhere in there so Rampage is not small, but Shell didn't look that much smaller either. And with his track record, I hope he's putting on weight the right way. I really do. But seeing him that big really, really causes me to have a lot more intrigue as far as that fight is concerned. Because, you know, I mean, Rampage has been fighting at 205 the majority of his career and has fought the past couple fights at heavyweight. Chael has fought at 205 in the past, but the majority of his career, he's been at 185. So him fighting at heavyweight, it was like, uh, I don't know about that one. But he's he's uh he's not looking small. He's not looking small. Now, before I go into the fights this weekend. I'm going to play a call in by Six Sports Toronto. And at the end of the main card, I'll give my response. So let's hear this call in and then we'll dive into some more Bellator news discussing the last card of Bellator for 2017 as well as their last card on Spike. Bellator 191 takes place on Friday, December 15th at the Metro Radio Arena in Newcastle, England. Because it is across the pond, it will be on tape delay on Spike this evening. Now, this is Michael McDonald's first fight in Bellator. He's got a lot of weight on his shoulders 
as not only is he debuting, but he's headlining a fight. And not just any fight, but this is a fight overseas. Not just any fight. This is the last fight of the year. Not just any fight. This is the last fight on Spike, which has been instrumental in establishing MMA as a sport that people enjoy all throughout the nation and across the world. That extra weight on his shoulders must have weighed him down because he came in about two pounds over the limit for a bantamweight non-title fight and turned this one into a catchweight affair. Came in at like 137.6, so they made it a 138-pound catchweight fight. Uh, Peter came in at 135.8, so he was right on the money. Now, the Voices Marquee matchup for this main event, or I should say the main card, I changed. At first, it was going to be James Thompson versus Phil DeFreeze. That's going to be a really, really good fight. DeFreeze has 10 of his 13 wins by submission. Only seven, or I should say of his seven losses, six of them have come by KO. And that's the primary way that James the Colossus Thompson has won. So anytime you got heavyweights in there, anything can happen. Anybody can get touched. Anybody can go to sleep. On top of that, James Thompson's only been submitted twice in his career. So you've got the favorite in DeFreeze taking on Thompson, who has not really been submitted. DeFreeze wins most of his fights by submission, but loses most of them by KO. And that's what Thompson does. So that was going to be my marquee matchup for the main card. But I had to change it. I had to change. I was looking at everything and I was like, wait a minute. I just got a feeling about this Kate Jackson, Valerie Letourneau fight. Because just like Michael Mayday McDonald, Valerie Trouble Letourneau is making her Bellator debut. She's making it at 125, uh, which Bellator's got a really nice straw weight division the UFC is coming along too but Bellator has got some some good fighters there and having trouble fight in this division is a nice added bonus but Kate Jackson is nobody's pushover nobody's pushover and really the the main reason I chose this as my marquee matchup was because of all the fights on the card this one opened as the the closest fight on the card so i was looking at that i was like hmm and i did a you know a bit more research you know k jackson is a tough 23 alum and a product of the uk so she's fighting at home and she's on a two-fight winning streak letourneau has not been having the best time since she lost to jj back in 2015 Kate Jackson also fought JJ and also lost. I, I want to say it, it was one of her first losses in her professional career. So it, this should be a really, really good fight. And I'm looking forward to seeing how Trouble responds to being in a new organization and uh, taking on 
a fairly well-rounded contender in Kate Jackson. Rounding out the main card, you got Ash Griffiths fighting Muhammad Yaya and Jeremy Petley taking on Lewis Monarch. The voices marquee matchup for the undercard pits UFC vet Michael LeBeau versus Ryan Big Baby Scope. And Big Baby's looking to rebound from his first pro loss, which was the submission back in February. The Frenchman LeBeau is making his Bama debut. He's also looking to rebound a bit, but things are a bit different for him because he had a draw in his last fight. And with a win, he'll extend his current win streak to three. I forgot. I really did forget how stacked this UFC Winnipeg card is. It is super stacked. You got Robbie Lawler taking on RDA. And this is supposed to be a welterweight elimination fight for the number one contender. The winner of this fight supposedly should go on to fight Tyron Woodley, who did have surgery on his shoulder earlier this week. So just a side note there. But they should be fighting Woodley for the welterweight championship. Now, when this fight was made, I was like, okay, RDA is fighting at welterweight. Okay, you know, he had trouble making lightweight. I feel like there was a situation in his weight cutting where he said he felt like he was going to die trying to make welterweight. I mean, not welterweight, but lightweight. But the fact that he fought at lightweight, I'm like, man, okay. You got Lawler, who was fighting at middleweight had knockout power there and surely has it at welterweight fighting someone who has been knocked out at lightweight so it's like oh, that, this just doesn't even seem right however as i was watching the road to the octagon and hearing more of the backstories and things it started making more sense rda was 178 pounds as a teenager. He's in his 30s now. So he's got his grown man weight on him. And his metabolism doesn't work the same as it did back when he was younger. So cutting weight is not as easy. In order to make 155 pounds, he was cutting down from 195 pounds. Tyron Woodley says that's about where he walks around, anywhere between about 205 and 195 when he's not in a camp training and cutting down to make the 170-pound weight limit. So with that thought, it's like, you know what? He really is, and and uh, RDA admitted it. He said, look, this, this is my weight class. This is where I should have been fighting the whole time. And based on his discussion regarding his weight, I'd have to agree. Will he be able to withstand the power that comes along at 170? That's the real question. And he's definitely going to be tested by Lawler on Saturday. Now, the co-main event pits Ricardo the Bully Llamas against my man, 
out of Team Alpha Male. That's right, Team Alpha Male, Josh Emmett. Now, people say, who is this Josh Emmett guy? You know, it's only like his third fight or so in the UFC. Uh, And he is out of Team Alpha Male, so it's like, okay, well, you know, we know that. But Lamas was supposed to be fighting Aldo. Lamas was supposed to be fighting the guy who was one fight removed from being the champion. Why is he taking on this Emmett guy? Well, Emmett has been the main training partner or one of the main training partners for the killers at Team Alpha Male for the past 10 years. And he's only had one loss in his career. So even though he may not have that name recognition value, he is a tough customer and Lamas is going to have his hands full. Uriah's been saying, look, man, you're going to be the champion. Been telling him that for years. Well, this is definitely a step in the right direction if he can beat Lamas. The Voices Marquee matchup for the main card pits Santiago Ponzanibio versus Platinum Mike Perry. Oh, this should be a phenomenal fight. And Mike Perry is such a character. He really is. Uh, And he's really coming into his own within the UFC. The UFC is using him. Uh, They're learning to embrace his uh, uniqueness and put him in positions where he can shine. And this is definitely a position where Perry is looking to shine. Perry called the man uh, Pinocchio. (laughs) Santiago Pinocchio. I thought that was just too funny uh but the reason that this fight is so intriguing to me is that like i said the ufc has been using perry and they use him as a guest fighter earlier this year in the uk when cowboy cerrone fought darren till now as soon as the fight was over darren till was like Perry, I'm coming after you. Perry jumping up, punching himself in the uh, chin. They're yelling at each other through the fence. It's all this heat building. Now, granted, when you got heat like that building, that fight can happen at any time. But it will be a much better fight if it's the next fight and Perry's able to win. Now, he's got a very, very tall task on his hands because Santiago Ponzinibbio is coming off of one of his highest profile victories when he beat Gunnar Nelson earlier this year. Uh, so it, it's it's a lot going on. It's a lot at stake. The welterweight division is full of killers, and these are two bona fide certified killers, and their fight will help with shaking out some potential uh, contenders, people that we really need to keep our eye on in the welterweight division. Rounding out the main cards so of the curtain jerker, Pitts, Glover Teixeira against Misha Serkinov in a light heavyweight bout. On the undercard, like I said, this card is stacked. I mean, it's just... So many good fights, good name fights on it. You got Jan Blackowicz 
taking on Jared Cannonier. That should be real good because Cannonier has been doing his thing lately. Yeah, that that should be a phenomenal fight. Julian Marquez is taking on uh, Darren Stewart. Now, the voices marquee matchup for the prelims pits Chad LaPreeze against Galore Buffondo. Man, okay, I don't know what your knowledge of fights is, but when I see Galore Buffondo fight, he reminds me of, oh man, um, God, and his name is slipping my mind, but uh, his name's Emmanuel. Uh, he's a boxer, boxed back in the late 90s and the early 2000s. And he was just constant movement, all kind of crazy angles that he was coming at. That's Galore Buffondo, just constant movement, crazy angles. And if you haven't seen him fight, his debut in the UFC, he knocked the man he was fighting out by slamming him on his head. He slammed the man on his head, knocked him out. It was bananas. So that's why this is the Voices marquee matchup for the prelims. But you got other great fights. Tim Elliott is taking on Pietro uh, Manga. John McDessey versus Abel Killer Trujillo. Alessio De Chico, uh, Chicaro. I messed that one up real good. He's taking on a name I'm not going to mess up. Oluwale Bangboshe. That's right. Niger, stand up. Yoruba men, stand up. The Holy War Angel is coming to Winnipeg looking to take out Dicharikio. Jordan, the younger men, taking on Eric Silva and two-time tough alum Nordin Taleb is opening things up against Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts. This fight card is crazy. I saw. <laughs> okay, I ran out of time on that one. Um, but I felt like Joe Rogan. This is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> uh, but th this card is really, really good. There's a lot of fights and just a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Uh, salute to Lathan Credit who laid out all of the wonderful NCAA events that are going on, both basketball and football-wise. You've got fights uh, on Friday. LFA is uh, fighting on Friday. you got Chico Camus fighting on that card, headlining that card. you got 1FC taking place on Saturday, as and um, uh, VFC is taking place on Saturday, too, on Fight Pass. So the UFC's got their fight pass prelims going on. And then after that, they got the UFC, or I should say VFC card that'll be showing coming out of uh, the Baxter Arena in Nebraska while their program is showing on Big Fox. So it's just a lot of stuff going on, a lot of fights going on, a lot of places where you can invest your athletic uh enjoyment but this if you're a fight fan this is the card that you really really need to watch on saturday oh and by the way emmanuel augustus is the fighter that i was speaking of who 
Galore Bufondo reminds me of. All right, we'll be moving into the final segment in just a moment where I respond to the Six Sports Toronto call-in about Dana White being a boss. Not a bully, but a boss. No offense, man, but I think your argument against Dana White being a bully is incredibly retarded. He's the boss of a business organization, and he should be able to call the shots as to who he pits fighters against, because that is his job. It's his job as a business to make money and to put on the best fights that will put that will bring the best pay-per-view numbers. And it's the responsibility of a champion to defend their belt against the best opponent possible. I think Dana White was trying to do a good business move by pitting DJ against TJ in a title defense and making DJ legitimately defend his title against a top-tier contender. So, you may call him a bully, but I call him a boss. Okay, I got so caught up in creating these posts that I forgot to submit the call-in earlier in the MMA main card, but fortunately... I was able to check things and get it submitted now. So, six sports out of Toronto. First, thanks so much for calling in. Appreciate that. Love dialoguing. Love chopping it up. Love having differing opinions regarding the fights. That's what makes that's what makes just this fight game so much fun. Now, I have to agree with you. Dana is a boss. I agree with you. He should do what's best for the company. I agree that TJ was one of the biggest and best fights that could be made for Demetrius Johnson. As a champ, DJ had taken on all comers and has been one of the most active champions in the UFC and done it with class he discussed having a super fight with TJ in the past when TJ was 135 pound champ TJ never fought at 125 though and at the time that the fight was being proposed TJ was training to fight Cody Garbrandt at 135 Mighty, as he likes to be called, was gearing up for the most important fight of his career. If you've been following his career, if you have been paying attention to the things that he has said over time regarding his career, he has been looking to overcome and overtake Anderson Silva's record for title defenses. That was like the key thing. That's why, you know, people say, hey, you know, it looks like you're just walking through. People say, yep, I'm just going to keep on doing it. You know, I, I want to beat Anderson's record and I'm just going to keep fighting people because I want to beat the record. That was what was on his mind. And he did not want to chance fighting against someone who had never made the weight. And that fight was supposed to take place in Seattle, Washington. DJ's hometown. He didn't want to. It, it was way too much stuff up in the air 
for him to sign off on that fight. Again, Dana is the boss. He's the big boss. The big boss man. However, the fighters are not employees. They're independent contractors. And as a contractor, they have a say in what happens. That's why they're bout agreements for each fight. It's not like the NFL or the NBA where the schedule's made and you just show up and play whoever's on the schedule. You don't, you don't have that in the UFC. You don't have that in fighting, period. I use a DJ example, but that's not the only time that Dana has come off as being a bully. Look at GSP. GSP had gotten beat down by Johnny Hendricks. And then after he won the fight, he got verbally assaulted by Dana, both in the public and in private. He also used strong arm tactics to try to influence GSP to fight at International Fight Week earlier this year when GSP told him when he came back, I got an eye injury and I will not be fighting until the end of the year. Should Dana do what's best for the company? Absolutely. But when you're dealing with contractors, you're playing by a different set of rules. And if he wants to be their boss, then he needs to bring them on as employees. Does this and the discussion that we're having becomes a moot point. To keep up with all things Trackstar Sports, like the Trackstar Sports Facebook page, join in the discussion in the Bait Fuel Facebook group, join us on Twitter, or I should say follow us on Twitter, at debate view and you are doing yourself a great disservice if you do not follow trackstar sports on instagram if you're a fight fan you need to follow us on instagram because i will be giving analysis on the fights as they happen for the pay-per-views new contents released every day on anchor make sure you're subscribing to our podcast on Apple and Google Play. Until next time, it's your man, The Voice, Trackstar Sports MMA correspondent, bringing you the MMA main card, and I'm sounding off.